to everyone tonight, and if you are a guest this evening, we welcome you. We are glad to have you in service with us tonight. Amen. If you're watching us online, wherever you're watching from, we hope and pray that you're blessed by what God does here this evening, wherever you may be. I kind of had a unique experience this evening. Every song that has been sung tonight basically has a direct connection with some part of what I feel like God has given me to preach here this evening. So, Matthew 5, I want to start here and I'm going to read a couple other verses before you're seated, but hopefully you'll recognize these verses since it's been a little while. Matthew 5, verse number 13. You are the salt of the earth. Look at somebody next to you and say, you are the salt. But if the salt, I didn't say tell them they're salty, I said tell them you're... But if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing but to, cat, to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot. If, if, if the church doesn't do its job at being the salt, what, what good is it? We're not here to be a social club. We're not just here to be a gathering of people that we can have friends with and enjoy being around. That's not what we were brought here for. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let, somebody say let. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And then Colossians chapter 4, verse number 5, Colossians 4 and 5, Paul says, Walk in wisdom toward them that are without, those that aren't saved, redeeming the time. Verse number 6, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how to answer every man. Let your speech, and I'm going to cut this part back, combine it if you'll permit me. Let your speech be seasoned with salt. Living Bible says, verse 5, this way, Make the most of your chances to tell others the good news. Make the most of your chances to tell others the good news. I've said this many times before, and I'm going to say it again this evening. Outreach, evangelism is not supposed to be relegated to a department of a church. 
the spreading of the good news is not the responsibility of those that sign up to be a part of outreach. You are salt. You are light. And then the Amplified says, verse 5 and 6 this way, Behave yourselves wisely, living prudently and with discretion in your relations with those of the outside world, non-Christians. Make, making the very most of the time and seizing, buying up the opportunity. Let your speech at all times be gracious, pleasant, and winsome, seasoned as it were with salt, so that you may never be at a loss to know how you ought to answer anyone who puts a question to you. Father, thank you for another opportunity to join together, to be in your presence and to be in your presence with people of like precious faith, fellow believers, those that we share things in common with, the direction we're going, the things we desire. Thank you for this opportunity. God, I pray again this evening, Lord, I don't want to just preach a sermon because that's a part of a service. I want to be a messenger. I want to be a mouthpiece. I want to be a conduit, God, that you would speak through tonight. I want you to say to us tonight what you want to say. I want you to do what you want to do, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. I trust you tonight, God, for your anointing. I depend upon you, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. Make the most of your chances to tell others the good news. Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt. One of the things about eating something salty is it stirs up your desire for more. I read as I was preparing for this message, we are typically think, at least I have typically thought salt makes you thirsty, but actually they say that's not totally the case. If you're eating something salty, it actually stirs up your hunger for more. So Paul says, let your speech be seasoned with salt. I think we got too many Eeyore Christians today. I think we got too many Eeyore apostolics. Yeah. I go to church. Yeah. I'm a Christian. <laughs> that doesn't stir up a a desire for more. I, I, that doesn't make me want more. Paul said, be seasoned with salt so that, that when you say what you're going to say, it's going to cause somebody to have a hunger that said, tell me a little bit more about that. I, I want to hear a little bit more 
about that. I, I got a question. Do you have some seasoned words? Oh, Lord. I, I, I got a question. If I were to tell you, um, I, I got something for you. T- tell, me how, tell me how appetizing this sounds. It's, it, it's got some sugar in it. It's got some cocoa butter. It's got some skim milk. It's got some chocolate. Got some lactose. It's got some milk fat. It's got some soy lecithin. It's got it's got some coin corn syrup. It it's got some milk fat. It's got some cocoa powder. It's it's got proce- it's processed with alkali. It's got some bar- barley malt extract. It's it's got some egg whites. It's, is that really seasoning your? How much is that? How much is that stirring up your appetite? If you're just listening at face value, it's probably not really doing a whole lot. It's it's it is the it's the ingredients. It's the important ingredients. But is that stirring anything up in you? You know what that's the ingredients of? Mmm. It's got just the right milk chocolate. The caramel is just just sticky enough it gets stuck. Just, mm. man, that is good. Mm. You have to bear with me for a moment. I got to get, I got to get caramel out of my teeth. Still got a little bit of chocolate. I got a question. Did that did the ingredients I read stir up anybody just by those ingredients to want? I got a question. Is anybody else maybe now that you know what it is that you might be a little bit interested? If you're saying no, I'm going to put you on my prayer list because you got something wrong. One, one, one description did nothing. The other way is seasoned with some salt. Some of you do a good job at telling everybody the ingredients. Acts 2.38. One God. Jesus' name, baptism. All the things you got to have in the mixture to have the ingredients. Uh, And people walk away going, what is that? You need all of those things that I read to you to get this. But if you want to stir somebody up to want this, you don't just give them the ingredients and read them off. I got it at the end. I'll go ahead and say it now. They just got through singing it. Oh, taste. 
I got a question tonight. Is there anybody here that's got something that's good enough that you think the world ought to taste it? Have you forgotten about the fact that once you were blind, but now you see? Have you forgotten about the fact that once you were lost, but now you're found? Have you forgotten about the fact that one day you were depressed and had no hope and had no reason to live, but Jesus stepped in and your life has been transformed? I may not be interested in some of that other stuff, but I'm interested in that. We, we, we are not consumers here tonight. This is not a consumer setting. Let me come and see what I can get. Yeah, let me come see what I can get as long as what I'm coming to get is so that I can then go and give. We, we got home the other day and, 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 and I went in the kitchen and I went to make some coffee. Thankfully, I, we, we've got one of those ninja coffee makers and uh, you, you can make just a, you can brew a cup. It's not the same as a K-cup. You can brew a cup. And most days, that's what I do now, especially since my wife still has not gotten her taste buds back to normal after COVID. So I, I usually make one single cup, and I got back home, and, and I went to move the coffee pot out and was getting ready to put my cup to make a cup. But as I pulled the coffee pot out, there was a nice little science project in the bottom of the coffee pot. Because for almost two weeks, basically, there had been a little bit of coffee left in the bottom. And now there was some green furry stuff that was... You know why it was like that? Because it was stagnant. There was nothing fresh. There was nothing new. On a normal day, I don't, I, don't get the, I don't get the soap detergent out and wash out the coffee pot. Most days, even when the, co- when the coffee pot's being used regularly, I just hold it up the, under the spigot for a few minutes because that will just wash it out all by itself because there is a consistent flow. You know, one reason why it's important for you as a child of God to worship is because if you don't worship, all you're doing is taking an inflow in. And you can only, first of all, you can only handle so much inflow. But secondly, when all you do is take it in and it just sits, it becomes stagnant. What has the potential of providing life and energy and help for somebody can ultimately lead to death because there's no flow. Actually, I had it closer in my notes, sooner in my notes, and I realized Psalm 34 and verse 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. The Message Bible says, Open your mouth and taste. Open your eyes and see how good God is. Let your speech be seasoned. Seasoned with salt. Let there be something in what you've got to say that's stirring up an appetite in somebody else. We are living in a hopeless world. We are living in a world full of depression and anxiety and discouragement. You know what the world needs? Actually, the world really doesn't need people who who are living a problem-free life. Because they can't really relate to that. 
But what they need is to be around some people, to have some co-workers, to have some neighbors that they know are going through stuff. They know they're dealing with some trials and tests and difficulties, but everything they hear when when they get around them, what comes out of their mouth is, in spite of what I'm going through, God is good. In spite of what I'm dealing with, God is in control. In spite of the pain in my body, God is a healer. Seize, let your speech be seasoned, seasoned, seasoned with salt. To be what you have to say that's stirring up something in somebody. I want to know more. I want to hear more. What's what's when's the last somebody when's the last somebody when's the last time somebody stopped you and said, What what there's just something different about you? You're, you're different than everybody else in this office. You're different than everybody else in this class. You're different than everybody else that comes into the restaurant that I wait on at my table. When's the last time that's happened? He said, let me me find which translation it was here. Living Bible, make the most of your chances to tell others the good news, but but not just make the most of your chances to speak it. Make the most of your opportunities to live it. To demonstrate it. See, James, James says this. I forget the exact chapter and verse, but James says this. You have not because you ask not. And most of us, argue with that, and and we say, that's not true. I have asked, and I still don't have it. Well, the next verse is the answer. You ask, but you ask amiss. You ask for the wrong reasons, so that you can consume it upon yourself. On your own lust. So you're asking God for what you want, but you're asking Him for your own benefit, for your own pleasure, for your own enjoyment. And so He says, you ask and you don't ask and you don't have it, but when you ask, you don't get it because you're asking for the wrong reasons. We started get ready to head home. When our Thursday morning, we were driving straight through from uh, St. Augustine, Florida. It's Approximately an 11-hour drive, 11 hours of driving time, basically. And so, uh, before we were getting on the road, we have a subscription to, uh, I think it's, it's Audible or Audiobooks, one or the other. And I, I just got to scrolling through, and before I started driving, to just find something to have to kind of listen to for a while. And as I was scrolling through... I forget the specific category that was in. I noticed a title that caught my eye. The title was God's Smuggler, Brother Andrew. Anybody ever read that book? I got about, it's, it's about eight hours on Audible or the audio book, and I got about two hours left. I'm going to tell you. If you're looking for a read or a book to listen to, you need to get God's Smuggler, Brother Andrew. 
The gist of the story is he spent years smuggling Bibles behind the Iron Curtain. A lot of that time in just an old VW bug. The very first time I think it was that he went to do that and he pulled up to the border to get ready to cross into the border. He stopped and he prayed. And he basically prayed this. God, when you were here on this earth, you opened blind eyes. Now I'm asking you to close seeing eyes. And he pulled up to the border. And in just a little old Volkswagen with not a whole lot of places to hide a bunch of stuff, somehow they managed to not find Bibles and other materials that he was taking in to different nations. One time he was on a trip and he was heading in, I forget which country he was going into, and as he was approaching the border, he, he got in a line. He was, I think, like the fourth or fifth car in the line. And as he sat there, he watched as the first car took like 30, 45 minutes as they just were tearing it apart, going in every every area of that car the people were standing outside the car and they went and then the next one and one of them he said took over an hour is there and and he's sitting there watching I think it was three or four cars that were ahead of him and 30 45 minutes an hour of them four or five guys searching and he had some boxes of Bibles in his car he pulled up and I don't remember all the specific details of this particular instance, but in, in essence, he pulled up, showed him his passport or whatever, and, and the guy waved him on, and he was not sure if he was waving him on because he was done or if he was waving him on to move over to be inspected more. And so he very gradually is starting to pull away, not sure as... He finally sees they now have pulled up the next car and they're now tearing that car apart. And so he realized, I think I can start driving. And story after story like that and story after story of financial provision, the Volkswagen... I. I if you don't want to read the book, here you go. Here's the cliff notes. This, this guy came to him and said, do you have your driver's license? No. Well, you need to get it. For what? I don't have a car. I don't have the money. You just need to get it. So he ends up going and getting the driver's license. And a couple of weeks after he gets his license, I think it was, they, this person comes and says, we want to give you this Volkswagen bug. Story after story like that. Prayer after prayer that God answered. But you know why prayer after prayer was answered? Because he was not praying to consume it upon himself. He wasn't asking amiss. He, he wasn't asking. I told you about Nathaniel and I coming home. I, I'm kind of embarrassed about you know the prayer I was praying. God, get us on the same flight. I'm praying God get us on the same flight. And this guy's praying God don't let him see Bibles that I'm smuggling because I could get thrown in jail. I have been very deeply challenged, stirred, a few other words in the last several days of listening. He, 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 uh, 
he was getting ready, he was, or he started off as a young man just interested in adventure, pulling pranks. It was during the time of the beginning of German invasion, and, and, uh, and, and he, he, would, he would pull pranks on the Nazi soldiers as a teenager and run off and hide. So he was so desperate for adventure that he decided to join the military. And as he was about to join the military, a family that lived close by that he had interacted with many times through his upbringing, the man who was a Christian said to him, I hope you find the adventure you're looking for. And he was kind of puzzled by that statement and what that meant. And, and, and basically what happened is he spent time in the military. It became a part of special forces. But there was still an emptiness inside of him. Because the ultimate adventure that God wanted him to be on was not some naturally motivated adventure. It was a spiritual adventure. Don't raise your hand. We don't want to indict anybody and whatever. But I got a question. Anybody here tonight, you're bored in your walk. You're just kind of bored. Because it's the same old, same old. If all you're looking for is God to bring excitement for your own personal entertainment, it's probably not going to happen. But if you're interested in God bringing an adventure to open some doors so that you can have speech that is seasoned with salt to stir something up in somebody else, I think you can start expecting God to open some doors and provide some opportunities. Second Peter, or excuse me, first Peter chapter two, verse number nine. Peter says, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people. Here's why. So that you would show forth the praises of Him who has called you out of darkness into His marvelous light, which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. The Amplified says, verse number 9, this way, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation, God's own purchased special people, that you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display, and display the virtues and perfections of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. I believe in what we've done here tonight. I believe in praising God. I, I believe in doing that through our singing and through our worship. I, I believe in that. But I don't think what Peter's talking about here is that God has called us so that we will praise Him. That's not what he said. It says that we would show forth. Meaning we would demonstrate. We would be examples. We would be, as the Amplified said, on display. I got a question. Do people look at you as God's display and go, wow, boy, I like that. I'd like to have some of that. I'd like to know some more about that. 
show forth, demonstrate, manifest. Ephesians chapter 3, verse number 7. Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of His power. Unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. That doesn't, that doesn't mean... That doesn't mean they can't be searched. What that means there is you can't, you, you can't exhaust them. You'll never get to the end of them. Anybody ever been reading a book that was so good that you're counting down the pages thinking, man, I, I can't believe I'm almost at the end. I wish it would keep going. I wish there was more to it. Can I tell you tonight, God has unsearchable riches. That no matter how deep you go, there's deeper you can go. No matter how high you go, there's higher you can go. No matter how wide it may get, it's wider to be explored. And Paul says that, that he has called me, who is the least of all saints, that I would be able to preach, to demonstrate the unsearchable riches. The unsearchable riches. And, watch this, to make all men hear. That's what it says, right? To make all men. Next verse. To make. It wasn't the next verse. Sorry, I'm confusing myself. Verse 9, to make all men, what? We need to go get a delivery of Red Bull. To make all men see. See, it doesn't say here. See. Jesus has given me so much joy. I'm so excited about my life in Him. Some of y'all need to get delivered from your Eeyore spirit tonight. You need to get a Tigger spirit. You need some fresh new excitement. You... You need a fresh, you need a fresh new bounce. I like, I like, I like sitting up here this morning. I said the other side of the coin. I'll say the good side of the coin tonight. I like sitting up here and seeing those people. That man, even even some of them, even before the first note is ever hit, there's just already something that's just kind of stirring in them. There, there's already something that's starting to move. There, there's already something that's wanting to show forth. Because when I think of His goodness and all that He's done for me... 
Some of you are getting so focused on what he's not doing, you need to think for a little bit about what he's done. If it had not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? I know some of you tonight are not where you want to be, but some of you need to think about where you could be or where you would have been because some of you would have been six foot under by now, but for the grace of God. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me, my soul cries out, Hallelujah! I might be in the valley right now, but for every mountain you brought me over for this, I give you praise. Because sometimes it's while I'm praising for what he did that he starts doing the next thing. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. Verse 20, Now unto Him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in everybody else. That's what most of us think. He can do exceeding abundantly above all that I ask or think according to the power that works in Brother Middleton. According to the power that works in Sister Evans. According to the power that works in No, according to the power that worketh in us. Somebody say, that's me. Unto Him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Again, similar to the passage in Peter, I don't think what Paul is saying here is that God would be glorified in the church building by our worship. Let him be let to him be glory in the in the in the in the church service. No. What he's saying is that that let there be glory in the church. Or we could say it this way through through the church. Through the church. My life should be a living witness, testimony of God's power working in and through. Therefore, He is getting glory in me and through me. Again, not just by the words of praise or the songs of praise that I sing, but by what is happening in me and through me. To Him be glory. Seasoning. Seasoning. That's why I said it this morning. 
Anybody here tonight? I know we got some. Anybody here tonight? You're one of those people. First time you ever came to an apostolic service, you're one of those ones that said, if I ever get out of here, I will never be back. And then the other part of that for some of you was, if I ever come back, I will definitely never act like these people. Yeah. And you know what? More than likely, those of you that said you would never come back and never act like that, that are now here and act like that, you probably didn't do it the first time. You may not even done it the first couple of months. It may even took a little bit longer than that. But all of us, you know, you just kept watching. Well, that dancing thing, that aisle running thing, that, I just, I don't know about that. But you just, you can't help but notice. Boy, they just, they sure look happy when they do. There just seems to be something they have. There, there just seems to be something that's, that they're feeling and experiencing. So, so let me taste Let me taste. Because if I can taste, I might just see. I have never, there's never been one thing that I've eaten that I like to eat. That a written or even a spoken description did it justice. Describe it all you want. Describe it to the best of your ability. There's just nothing that compares to tasting. Just not the same. So again, it's not just about us telling them what all the ingredients are. It's about providing a taste. It's about seasoning with salt because it's stirring up hunger stirring up an appetite that says I I, I gotta try that I gotta have some of that oh God don't let it be said that people look at me or look at you and think I don't want any of that let there be a seasoning that's stirring up a hunger and a desire that says I I don't know what you have. I, I don't know what it is, but I got to find out. In Romans chapter 5, Paul, in the first couple of verses, is where Paul talks about tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed. Verse number 3 because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Listen to what listen to the way the, the message Bible says that. Verse, verse 5. I'm sorry, that was verse 5, not verse 3. The message Bible, verse 5. In alert expectancy, such as this. I, I got a question tonight. This is a little bit of a diversion here. But I got a question. How many of you are living with alert expectancy? 
wonder what I wonder what God's going to do next. I, I wonder what door God's going to open next. I, I wonder what need God's going to provide next. I, I wonder what miracle God's going to do next. I, I wonder how God's going to use me next. I think that's kind of what's going on at Anne Arundel. I think there's some people that are walking around going, who's going to be next? Where, where's the next one? Going to find the next one. He says, he says we, we have alert expectancy. In alert expectancy such as this, we are never left feeling shortchanged. Quite the contrary. We can't round up enough containers to hold everything God generously pours into our lives through the Holy Spirit. How many of you tonight can say that describes you? Thank God we got a hand or two. I think many of us, instead of saying we can't find enough containers to hold everything God is doing... I can't find enough to fill up a thimble for what God is doing. Could it be that 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 is the case, but the reason that's the case is because you've just become a funnel. You're trying to just take it all in. Brother Andrew's needs were not provided because he was just seeking for himself. Told he was living in the house that he grew up in, and he was living in a in a room in that house, and 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 ended up getting married. And they had so many; they had people sending clothes from all over the world for refugee camps, and they were having to pile it all in their bedroom. He got married, and they're living, and the and they, they, he and his wife are living in one single bedroom. They were dealing with issues with fleas because of the clothes being sent, and it was constantly just one challenge after the other. Oh boy! Trying to remind myself all those songs tied in with the message because maybe I needed the confirmation. Whew. Finally, they began to look for a house, not just because they wanted a bigger house, not just to have more convenience and comfort. They wanted it because they needed more space for the clothes. Can I tell you, I believe there's some people in this place tonight that God has a promotion on the job or a better job for you. God's got a better place for you to live than where you're living. God's got a better car for you to drive than the one you're driving. But none of that is coming until you get your priorities for it right. The world just wants bigger and better and nicer for their own benefit and convenience. And isn't it interesting when they get bigger and better and nicer, it doesn't take long for it to wear off and they want bigger and better and nicer again. When you get your priorities right, you find satisfaction and fulfillment, but it's not through the things, it's through the one that is doing things in you and through you. Oh, brother, are you telling me I got to earn something from God? You're telling me, God? No, I'm just telling you God's serious about His purpose. 
God's serious about what He's trying to do in this world. Isn't it amazing? In, in, in just this past week, uh, and, and we had a number of people, first time in years that I know of, we had a, a significant number of people from uh, Antioch Central and Antioch North that went to the, the, the general conference, the annual general conference for the organization we're in. And it was last week in Orlando, Florida. And, and, and we gathered there, and, and there, are, there are several uh, departments that are a part of uh, the the organization that we're in that that have annual offerings. One of the two of the the best known ones, two of the the biggest ones. One is called Christmas for Christ, and it's the it's the it's the department that is responsible for starting churches and building churches throughout North America. And so every Christmas, around every time, every Christmas time, they take an annual offering. And then, and the other one, and this is the largest one, is it used to be called Chiefs for Christ, and it's now called Move the Mission. And it's a fundraiser that's done primarily by youth and young adults throughout this organization. And, and, and in the past couple of years after COVID, when the economy is a challenge and when things are, are not going well from a natural perspective, there have been record-breaking offerings each year. This past year, the move, the mission was over $8 million. Why is it going up and not going down? Because people are not trying to consume. People are not trying to gather. People are trying to be conduits because there is a mission field and there is a harvest field and God is trying to find some people that are willing to be salt and light and to be seasoned with and to have speech that is seasoned with salt. Jesus told the story of a rich man who was pretty well off His barns were full. And he had more to be reaped. And the sad thing was, his solution was, my barns are full. I've got too much to fill my barns. Rather than deciding, why don't I give some away? He decides... I need to build bigger barns so that I can store more for myself. And the Lord's response was, you fool. This night will your soul be required of you. I got a feeling if that man had made up his mind not to hoard But to give away, the story would have ended a whole lot differently. Here's the problem. I've heard it for years. I heard it before I was pastoring, and now I've heard it since I've become pastor. There's people that are waiting on their payday. And when that comes in, boy, I'm going to give. I I literally, I've been, this is no, I'm not making this up. Before God, hand on the Bible. Years ago, I had somebody tell me they were playing the lottery, and they were expecting to win it, and when they won it, they were going to bless the church. If you're waiting for God 
to let you win the lottery. You're going to be waiting a long time. Because if you want to be trusted with much, you got to first be faithful with the little. Brother Grossbach said it yesterday, speaking to our small group leaders. It is amazing the way God established tithing. Because everybody can do it. If you make $10, you can pay tithes. If you make a million dollars, you can pay. Because it's not some set amount that we all have to achieve or attain to. But too many people want to sit around and wait till they get the million. Rather than just being faithful with the little. And watching how God can multiply a little bit when you release it to Him. Crowd was gathered around. Jesus had been speaking for a while. The disciples come and say, you know, Lord, they're hungry. Send them away. We don't have enough money to buy food. We can't feed this crowd. And the Lord responds and says simply this. What do you have? What's available? Well, there's a kid here who's got his lunch. The King James says five loaves. That's not a loaf. Really all it was was five biscuits. And, and one, one, one of the Gospels, it, it adds the adjective small fishes. Five loaves and two small fishes. We know what the Lord should have done. He should have thrown up His hands and said, Oh well, send them home. That wasn't the response. He said, You bring me what you've got. You tell all them to get ready. Tell them to get ready for what? I mean, that's basically like me walking in here tonight with a Happy Meal from McDonald's and saying, we are going to eat. There's not a person in this room that thinks we are about to eat from one Happy Meal. And about the only way for everybody to get something from that Happy Meal would be for us to break it into such small pieces. You might even need a micro, uh, 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 microscope magnifying glass to find your piece. But he took five pieces of bread and two small fish and he began to bless it and break it. And you know what was amazing? He didn't just give them all a snack. I don't know about you, but when I'm really hungry and you give me a snack, it just makes me mad. Because it doesn't really do anything. He didn't just give them a snack. 
from five loaves and two fishes. Every person there ate until they were full. Not only did every person eat until they were full, they gathered up 12 baskets of leftovers. I wonder if there's anybody here tonight that you've just been sitting around hanging on to your five loaves and two fishes because it seems to be so small in comparison to the need. And God is not asking you to give Him beyond what you have. God's not asking you to solve the problem. God's not asking you to come up with all the resources. He's just saying, I need you to release to me what you have so that I can bless it and break it and do something with it. I guarantee you those disciples were just as hungry as everybody else. That may have been one of the reasons they were trying to get him to send everybody home. We can't go eat until they leave. But then, they didn't get to eat at first. The Bible says there was 5,000 men. I've heard it said that there could have been as high as 20,000 people that day. Because he didn't just feed the men that day, he fed the women and the children. How long does it take 12 guys to serve? Let's just stick with the five. It takes us 15 minutes when we do communion just to get 200 people a cracker and juice. 12 guys walked around serving 5,000 plus people. You know what? Because they were humans just like you and I were. There is a chance that some of those guys were walking around. I can't believe i got to do this. I can't believe i got to feed all these people. I'm just as hungry as they are. They've been just sitting doing nothing. How come i got to? Not realizing that in the midst of them serving and providing for others, God wasn't just giving them a snack. God wasn't even just giving them a meal. They were going to get a whole thing of leftovers to take home. How many disciples were there? How many baskets were left over? If some of you would just start letting go of what you're holding on to, God's got leftovers that are more than what you're starting with. But you've got to make up your mind, I'm not just consuming this on myself. There's a statement that's, there's a statement that's throughout the Gospels a few times. I think maybe even in the book of Acts, just basically two words. It was noised abroad. It was noised abroad. That means what was done, the miracle that was done, the word spread. I guarantee, I promise you, I absolutely guarantee you, some of you would feel a whole lot better if instead of posting all the controversial stuff you post, if you'd start posting about testimonies. 
you'd start posting about what God's done for you. You'd start posting about how God's delivered you, how God's provided, how God set you free. Instead of stirring up a bunch of controversy, why don't you start seasoning your speech with some salt and causing somebody to get hungry to have what you have. To stand. I believe, I believe there's some people in this place that you've been dealing with physical problems and you've prayed and you've prayed and you've prayed and you've prayed and it hasn't happened yet. That it's not because God's not going to do it. It's just at this point your motive for asking is just to make it more convenient, more easy for yourself. Come on, let's be honest. Is there there a person in this place tonight that has any kind of chronic issue, chronic pain, that you wouldn't like it just to simply be gone so you're more comfortable? I would. But what if the greater good is not just so I can be more comfortable? So I don't have to deal with the pain. What if the greater purpose is not to consume it on myself? But to have something to noise abroad. To have something that is, can be the salt that seasons my speech. I can't remember how much I said it or what I said several months ago the first time I started preaching from Matthew 5 and 13. I'm just telling you, and I know there are people, I know without a doubt there are people in this place that, that you, are, you are living what I preach tonight. But I'm just going to tell you what I feel and believe in my spirit as the pastor of this congregation. We are, we are at a point in which God is waiting for us to to get back to some things that used to be a part of us. We didn't get here by consuming the blessings on ourselves. Some of you elders that have been here for decades and decades you can testify to the, we, we didn't get to this great, beautiful building and this wonderful property because we spent years and years trying to accumulate. We got here because we weren't asking to consume it for ourselves. We, we got here because we didn't gather together just so we could get another blessing and we could get another touch from God to make things better for ourselves. We got here because we understood There's some people that need to hear speech seasoned with salt. There's some people that need to see His praises shown forth. Not just hear about it, but see it. Heads bowed and eyes closed, if you would. I wonder if there's anybody that will join with me tonight. Make a fresh commitment. 
God, I want my speech to be seasoned with salt. God, I want the things I say to the unbelievers around me, to those that aren't Christians around me, I, I want the words that I say to be seasoned with salt. Not, not just telling them what all the ingredients are. Not just telling them all the bullet points you gotta, you gotta know and you gotta know, but, but telling them they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. You know what? There's a lot of people that may not really be interested in hearing your doctrine right now, but they sure are interested in hearing your testimony. They may not not want to know all the ingredients, but they want to know that there really is a God who really still has the power and the ability to heal, to provide, to deliver, to renew, to restore, to make a way where there seems to be no way. Some have already done it, but can I invite some others of you as a demonstration to the Lord? Would you just step out of your seat and walk down to this altar as a way of presenting yourself to the Lord tonight? God, I want you to show forth through me. I want you to show forth your praises through me. I don't want it to be that your praises just come from my mouth, but I want you to show forth through me, God. I want the things that I say, I want the things that I talk about to stir up a hunger in somebody else, to to stir up a thirst in somebody else, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Lord, if I need to... If I need to go back over for a little bit all the things you've already done. If I've gotten too focused on what I want you to do right now that you're not doing. If, if I've gotten too caught up on the difficulties, the adversity I'm facing right now. And I need to remember some things you've already done. Remind me God, remind me of the doors you've already opened. Remind me of the provisions you've already made. Remind me of the deliverance you've already provided, God. Remind me of the testimonies that I already have. Oh, God, for the sake of this county, for the sake of those around us, God, we want to have speech that is seasoned with salt. We want to have speech that's going to stir up a hunger, stir up a thirst. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in my life, Lord, be glorified. In this church, Lord, be glorified. Be glorified through us, Lord. Let the world be able to taste and see that you are good let the world taste and see God that you are good don't let them just hear about it don't let them just read about it God but let them taste and see that you are good In the name of Jesus, 
In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. 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 In the name of Jesus, 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 in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Ikarabo shatayando roboko satanaba. Eki alaramando robo shatarabandayaba. In the name of Jesus. 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 Ikarabasatolobo koreti. Ikarabasatolobo koreyandalapa. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I'm satisfied because you're good to me. Don't let me be satisfied with that being enough. I want somebody else to taste and see. I want somebody else to be able to be satisfied that you are good because they've experienced for themselves tasted for themselves. They've seen it for themselves. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, Jesus name. Jesus name. Jesus name. 
Aleluia. Aleluia. Whenever you're ready to go, want to go, need to go, you're welcome to. But I know there's some of you, the Holy Ghost is still working on you, working in you. Would you, would you not be in a hurry? Would you let him do whatever he wants to do in you right now? Jesus.